What's up, NBA listeners? It's been a while since we've jumped on the mic, Sean and I, and recorded a podcast episode, but here we are again to start the new year, 2020. I think it's been over a month. We had some Christmas celebrations, watched some good Christmas games. The NBA is looking a lot different from the last time we recorded, at least slightly. OKC is in playoff positions. The Kings put together a couple stinkers, despite De'Aaron Fox being back on the on the playing court. Kevin Love's throwing together some childish tantrums, and Andre Drummond is on the trading block, and all-star voting results, at least the first round of it, are out now. And we'll give our reactions, but before we dive into all that, Sean, of course, there's a trivia question for this week, and I just picked this one out last minute, and I cannot wait to hear your reaction to the answer to this, because I don't think you're... I mean, I'll give you a hint, because it's pretty far out there. Oh, wait. Well, at least give me a chance to guess before you give me the hint, though, because I'm excited for this. I don't even know what the question okay. is going to be yet. So here's the question. <laughs> so and it's fitting since we didn't have a Christmas uh, podcast episode. But here it is, you know, to kind of touch no. on that. Who won Western Conference of the play? Who won Western Conference Player of the Week? The week of Christmas. So December, the week of December 23rd. This isn't Carmelo Anthony again, right? It's not Carmelo Anthony. Okay, uh, we already went over that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the last podcast that was that long ago when we were talking about that. Okay, yes. good. I just had to make sure because I was about <laughs> no, to lose it again. No, it's not Carmelo Anthony. I feel like if it was, <laughs> it would have definitely made national news. Like I, I actually am stunned that this isn't this wasn't talked about more, or maybe it was, and I was just really into the Christmas celebrations, but. You know, since then you've gotten Western Conference player. Though. Yeah, I mean LeBron James. Geez. This is Western Conference. Right? It has to be yeah. Western Conference. Um, I will go with Chris Paul. Ooh, that's so close. That's really close, <laughs> oh, really? actually. I think that's as close as you can probably oh, get. So I'll give you that's a like, hint. Don't tell me it's like Dennis Schroeder or something. <laughs> it is Dennis Schroeder. No way! <laughs> it is Dennis Schroeder. That's camp. Yes, it oh is. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what? It's Dennis Schroeder. I Dennis can't Schroeder that. was named Western Conference Player of the Week, the week of <laughs> Christmas, December twenty third. And you know, I couldn't believe it no either. Way. I thought, I swear, it was a mistake. <laughs> and I looked into it. I could see the case. So that week, the Thunder went okay. four and zero. With Dennis Schroeder averaging 25 points, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists. And this was a game-changing week for OKC. This is what basically brought them from non-playoff contention to now in the 7th seed. So, I mean, they took down some good opponents. And Dennis Schroeder had his fair share there. Enough to where the NBA felt like he is deserving (laughs) of a Western Conference Player of the Week. Wow. I mean, I see, I see this game against the Clippers uh, the Sunday before Christmas, 28 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. Yeah, that, that's really good. Um, it yeah. looks like a lot of it. He, he scored above 20 for a long stretch there. Yeah, and I mean, it's. I guess it's. I guess it has to be noted that the week of Christmas, not many teams actually play that many games. Obviously, the late teams like the Lakers, the 76ers, like, Big headline teams get to get on the board a lot more than some of the other low market teams. So I guess Dennis Schroeder kind of had I mean, that advantage a little bit. But it's like he's still going up against like LeBron and stuff. Like this is why player of the week is more of like a <laughs> participation trophy. It just it reinforces what we were talking about with Carmelo Anthony. You know, it's like you're just giving it to the player who yeah. like did a little better than they normally do. Yeah. And I guess it's just like. I mean, it comes down to a media vote as well. And it also, I mean, I feel like if you play three or four games that week, you definitely have an advantage versus like if some of your top competition only ends up playing like two games. But I mean, I think this was a stunner to me. Like (laughs) Dennis Schroeder, (laughs) man, there he is. And I I mean, he's been been having himself. Yeah. I'll give him a, a good six man of the year vote here and there. I mean, he probably won't win it over Lou yeah, Williams I mean, this year, but I mean, you yeah. remember. Yeah, I don't think so either, but I mean, you remember our bet last year that I thought Dennis Schroeder was going to be easily the sixth man of the year. <laughs> I mean, obviously <laughs> I was wrong there, but well I think this man can show those flashes <laughs> at times. Yeah, it, it, there it, was no way Lou Williams it. wasn't, bro. <laughs> 
Yeah, he is just the king of the six man of the year and looks like he might be on his way to earning that again. But moving on from there, let's go to the trade deadline here. The rumors are starting to heat up as we get closer to that uh, deadline point. And of course, there's those candidates who we probably could have identified early on the Kevin Love, um, Andre <laughs> Drummond. But let's start with Andre Drummond because this guy is this is a little I mean, he's just probably just as tough as Kevin Love. But Andre Drummond is actually somebody who's still right in the middle of his prime is actually having a great year uh, for himself and, you know, doesn't decide to resign or Detroit comes out that they're not going to offer him an extension this summer. So it looks like he's on the the trading block here. And I mean, Detroit just looks like they've kind of been delaying the rebuild for themselves because this was a long time coming, I think. Yeah, and this is exactly what the Clippers were trying to avoid when they traded away Blake Griffin, mm-hmm. was getting out of some of these ridiculous contracts that these are not guys that are going to get you a championship. Like, they're great players. Like, Blake Griffin's a great player. Andre Drummond's a great player. But these are not championship pieces. This mm-hmm. is a this is a this is more of a supplementary piece than anything. And you're looking at Drummond's contract. He's due to make about $28 million next year, but it's a player option, and he could get a max deal from a team in the offseason, um, namely one of these, the Hawks, who's considered to be uh, the frontrunners to acquire him right now because they have max space to t- bring on two max free agents. And Andre Drummond's looking at that. He's like, if I'm trying to make as much money as I can, I'll just go sign with the Hawks. It's not like Detroit's really doing much for me. And so I'll just go over to Atlanta. They'll sign me to a max. And so Detroit's looking at this and they're like, okay, well, we don't want to lose Drummond for nothing. So maybe we can try to trade him to Atlanta before the deadline. So we don't actually just lose him for nothing. Right. But the thing is like, is there really enough incentive? I mean, can the Hawks provide enough incentive to really get Detroit to, to pull the trigger here? I mean, cause I think if you're Detroit, you probably want to try to get Collins here make for, force them to put yeah Collins. there's no way yeah like there there's, <laughs> there's no way there's they just no give way they're getting away. Collins. yeah like and if you're the hawks like i don't know if it's worth giving up collins i mean deandre hunter sure but i don't think detroit bites on just simply deandre hunter you, and some picks or maybe who knows do you it depends think that the market do you think that detroit really is willing to only trade for zach Collins or for john collins I mean, I think if you're Detroit, you try to push towards that. Um, it, it's difficult because I think at the end of the day, they might have to just settle with with a package that doesn't include John Collins, which is like a DeAndre Hunter and a bunch of picks. Because yeah. like, if I'm the Hawks, I don't, right. I don't that's, include them. Right, because that's more what I'm thinking. Because like, if you're the Hawks, you cannot afford to get rid of John Collins or Trey Young. These are like the only two guys keeping your franchise that have any hope of anything. Yeah. And exactly. so you bring in Drummond, that would be a great that'd be a great top three if you have Drummond, Collins, and Young. Mm-hmm. And Hunter and Reddish, they just they not really performed up to what you'd want them to do. I mean, they have some good games here and there, but I feel like you don't feel too bad getting rid of them for a guy like Drummond who can be like that third best player on your team. And maybe you throw in a first round pick and you're like, well, Detroit, it's either this or you lose Drummond for nothing. Yeah. And I think if the Hawks buy their time, I mean, it just depends how desperate Detroit is. But I mean, if they're in, if Detroit's also in a position where they just don't really care, they just want to head into this rebuild. Um, I mean, maybe they just, they're, they're fine with just <laughs> holding him out, but we'll see. I guess the other two players also are Dallas and Boston, Boston. I don't, I mean, Andre Drummond on Boston would be great. I think that makes them right up there to compete with the Bucks to come out of the Eastern oh, Conference. Yeah. However, I'm not sure if it's worth really mixing your, you mean completely reshifting the identity of this team because I think you're going to have to let go of a Gordon Hayward. You don't really have the flexibility that the Hawks do in terms of cap space, so you'd have to let go of a Gordon Hayward and a Marcus Smart or a com- combination of Marcus mm-hmm. Smart and Jalen Brown. I mean, you just had to give away one of those key pieces to bring in Drummond, and I'm not sure if it's really worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, I, they have to throw their name in the hat, but at the end of the day, they're probably going to find out, like you said, that there's not really a way they can make it work unless they give up something significant. Right. And they're playing so well, so why would they? Yeah. It might just be easier to give up a pick or Marcus Smart and try to get somebody else. Um, I don't know, maybe a Steven Adams or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. And then Dallas is the other interesting player who might have a chance at getting him. 
Uh, him and Chris Epps for Zingas are pretty good friends, apparently, for whatever <laughs> reason. Uh, so maybe there's something there. Uh, Dallas definitely does have a lot of random mid-level contracts they can throw into Detroit to uh, make the deal work. And, you know, I mean, Mark Cuban's known to love his centers. I mean, he went after DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan for like five years. So I think he would love him some Andre Drummond too. But uh, it's probably more of a long shot than anything. I feel like his only real destination right now would be the Hawks because they have the cap space yeah. um, and, and they have the need. Right. Yeah, I would... I would... I'd be interested to see if this actually foretells and happens for the Hawks. If the Hawks can get him without giving up, you know, without having to give up Collins and actually just get, get away with giving up Reddish and, and Hunter. Whew, that's a great, that's a great <laughs> deal for them. It could be good. But the, the thing is for them too, is like, all right, so you just gave up like some young pieces to like kind of go into more of a win now mode. What does a win now mode look like for the Hawks right now when you're sitting at the very bottom of the Eastern Conference with like no hope of the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, considering how <laughs> far down there they are, I guess at best they maybe sneak into the eight seed, which I think they it's decent. They have a decent they, it chance. It would still take a monumental <laughs> comeback for they're eight and thirty, my dude. Eight and thirty. <laughs> they can do it. I mean, obviously it's all they can, they do, can it. do it. I think this team can do it. Bro, they'd have to be like the Los Angeles Lakers in the second half of the season to do they it. They would. I would. I could. I could no see it. Way. It's, a, it's in the realm of possibility, <laughs> no. but it's not in the realm of likelihood. However, it's like I understand the Eastern Conference is bad, but they're are they that bad that they let an eight and thirty <laughs> team come back to make the playoffs? Uh actually, what were the Miami Heat that one year when they like did a complete reversal of their season? Didn't they go like eleven and thirty to start the season, and then the la- the second half of the season they went thirty and eleven and ended up with a five hundred record? Was that like the Dion Waiters year? I don't actually remember that. Back in like two thousand, back in like two thousand fifteen or something yeah. like that. I don't know. I I do remember it happened. Okay, so I'll give you that. It's happened before. Yeah, and, and but I, I don't think it's happening. I mean, again. I'm looking <laughs> at these standings. It's like the Nets have sixteen wins at the eight seed, and they've lost seven in a row. The Hornets lost two in a <laughs> yep. row. Okay, the Pistons have won one, but they're three of seven over their last ten. <laughs> the Bulls lost five. Wizards won four of six. Cavs <laughs> lost five. Knicks four in a row. I know. They all it suck. Seems okay, like, I get that. It seems like if there was a chance, it's now. And Andre Drummond could just very well be like, I don't know, like getting the star in Mario Kart. And you just kind of knock through teams and get yourself in <laughs> Good enough Go, position. Like a 10-game winning streak. Yeah, and you might oh just sneak in there. Maybe, maybe not. But, I mean, all that's to say that, like, next year would obviously be a better year for this team. You get Collins and you make sure he doesn't take yeah. any, um, you know, illegal drugs, illegal substance, as it pertains <laughs> to the NBA uh, uh, rules. And you keep, you keep them yeah. all healthy for most part of the year. And you're right there, I think, in playoff position with that, with an, a lineup of Trey Young, Drummond, and Collins. Yeah, it's really disappointing. It would have been interesting to see if John Collins would have at least kept them in the playoff hunt right. if he were playing for those 25 games, but it's like it's almost nearly hopeless for them this year. <laughs> it's like, man, if they did have Collins, like they could easily have 16 wins, I feel. Even though I mean, obviously they're still losing with him <laughs> in the lineup, but Yeah, I was going to I I think it, I think it would have made a difference. I really do. I even though like the results aren't speaking for themselves right now. Like I feel like they'd at least have a chance at the playoffs and would be pursuing Drummond much harder if they were. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was gonna say they're two and two of eight of the last ten, but <laughs> I know I, they're still sucking. But like, yeah, I think that <laughs> I feel like he'd be at a better place right now for sure. At least, at least fourteen, fifteen. Wins. I think so. Would it definitely sucked the spirit? I don't. Yeah, I don't think they'd be in the eighty, but yeah, maybe they'd be closer to fourteen wins right now at this point. Um, but how about Kevin Love just throwing? Just being a weirdo out there the last two weeks, throwing tantrums, punching chairs. Um, yeah, you you saw that video where he's just like storming around the court and then just like throws the <laughs> chucks the ball, Colin Sexton. Yeah, is yeah, just yeah. I don't know. He's just being a huge baby, yeah. man. I mean, it's just kind of crazy that this. I mean, how could he have not seen this coming? All of us saw it coming. Everybody saw exactly. this coming. Like, what was? It's like you saw LeBron leave, and then you signed a four-year, hundred twenty million dollar deal with this team. What did you think was going to happen? Exactly. And not only that, <laughs> but he signed that deal to a team that, 
was on its way to being bad, but was also cap space tight, like cap space ridden. Like yes. it was obvious the Caps yes. have not been able to do much to improve their team. I, uh, yeah, like Tristan Thompson still on his yeah. deal. You got you had a mid level deal for uh, Larry Nance Jr. and Jordan Clarkson up until he got traded. Right. They're still paying J.R. Smith. It's like there's no, <laughs> and they're still paying J.R. Smith. <laughs> there's no money there, and I don't know. I I feel like Kevin Love thought that he might be able to be like the face of the franchise, and that would be a really cool thing to do for a town that. Cleveland was like a basketball mecca while LeBron was there, but I think he underestimated how little people would care about basketball there after LeBron left. Yeah. (laughs) And I think he had a chance like the first year LeBron left, like they still had a decent group there, but now the pieces have really just have fallen off this team. Um, I mean, he owns up to it. You know, he's, he quote, he quote unquote called the childish behavior himself. Um, but now it's just a matter of like whether Kevin Love can actually be moved because unlike Andre Drummond, I think Andre Drummond still has a lot of basketball value. He's like in his prime. He's having a career year right now. Kevin Love, on the other hand, though, he's 31. He's getting paid a lot of money and he's having an okay year. So it's like not many teams have the ability to actually swap for that much salary, let alone really maybe even want somebody like yeah. Kevin Love on their team or have a need. I mean, the first one that obviously comes to mind is Portland. Um, but is Hassan Whiteside for Kevin Love still like a reality here for both sides? I mean, I think it's a reality for Cleveland in that it's an expiring contract versus Kevin Love, who's on the books for another two mm-hmm. years. And maybe like because they're taking on Whiteside's contract, they maybe they get to throw in a young piece like a Inferny Simons or Zach Collins. Uh, if Portland's willing to part with either of those guys, I might consider it for Kevin Love. But, I mean, Portland is a team that needs to make a move to get into that eight seed because they're still on the outside looking in, although they've been playing a little better recently. They're just they're just not over the hump. I mean, Memphis is ahead of them, for yeah. God's sake. So uh, you're looking at Portland, you're like, man, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum can't beat out John Moranch and Jonas Valanciunas. Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. And so they they are getting <laughs> continuing to be desperate. Yeah, I mean their front court. Their, I mean to their defense, obviously their big men have all really taken big hits. Their bench is taking huge hits, but they still have Hassan Whiteside down there. You would think he's put together some good, but some he's good terrible stat. on defense. He's a stat stuffer, <laughs> but he has not been yeah, able to translate stats, to wins for it. Portland. Um, I would still love to see this trade go down. But it's still, I mean, I almost feel like it could very well make Portland an even worse team. Like, <laughs> I don't think so, man. I really don't think they could get much worse than they are. You don't are. think so? I think this would, Not if you right swap now. to Son Whiteside for Kevin Love, you are looking at a defensive disaster. I don't think, for I think Kevin, there already is a defensive <laughs> disaster. Don't let the rebounding numbers confuse you. Hassan Whiteside is not a good defender. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would just be interested to see, like, what actually happens to to Portland with after this trade. Like, I mean, we already know it's Cleveland will continue to throw away stinkers, but... <laughs> well, they'll be yeah, even worse. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> However, Portland actually be better considering that they'd be giving away the one guy who's still kind of keeping their front, their front line somewhat decent. I don't know, but here's the thing though. It's like after let's look at it from like a long term perspective too. Well, I guess like kind of long term. You have Kevin Love on the books for next year mm-hmm. too, so then you have Damian, CJ, Kevin Love, and Nurkic next year. So with those four all combined, like that's a pretty <laughs> yeah, good team. Yeah, to that point, I think it's it's worth it. Um, it just all de- I think it just depends here on Portland ownership. Like, are they willing to go into the luxury tax now to keep this team together and make one big run next year? I want to say do it. I mean, if you have Damian Leonard and CJ oh, McCollum yeah. on your team, let this be the last hurrah and and let's let's see let's just ride it and see <laughs> see what happens. I mean, next year could arguably be tougher than this year. Lakers, Clippers, and Warriors making a comeback. Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, the Warriors. Yep. Brooklyn Nets and. Oh yes, the Nets. So this would and Zion Williamson. You got Zion Williamson. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's an arms race, man, and you got to be there. You and you already have superstars on your squad, so you got to do your best to try to still hang in there. I think so. If I'm Portland, I, I'm, 
to that point, I think let's uh, let's go for it. Make that trade. Pull the yeah. trigger. Yep, I'm, I'm all for it. Hopefully they yeah. do it. What about Carl Anthony Towns here? So reportedly unhappy to be in Minnesota. I mean, what else exactly? is there? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I still think to, that the biggest disadvantage that an NBA star has in the NBA is being part of a bad ownership group. And <laughs> Minnesota has never been known for being a winning franchise. Same as, I mean, the Phoenix Suns with Steve Nash, but they've been notoriously, I mean, Robert Sauber has been notoriously known for being cheap with his team. Minnesota, yeah, same thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, I, if I'm Carl Anthony Towns, I want to get out of there as well. Go to a team that actually, a franchise yeah. that actually has shown that they're willing to do what it takes to win. Because at this point, that's what the NBA is. It's It's an arms race. Right, and I feel like at the beginning of the year, he was a little hopeful and even maybe in, a little bit into the regular season because the Timberwolves actually came out of the gates. Pretty good start to the season. Uh, we're in playoff contention, one of the middle seeds for a while, and they've just dropped off so significantly since them sitting 14 and 22 right now. And they are looking like they're going to have very little chance of recovering from that. Yeah. And you hear the rumblings about how Carl Anthony Towns is upset that they didn't try to go after D'Angelo Russell harder, um, as hard as they should have, in his opinion, because I, I think they're really good friends there and he really wanted to play with him. And they didn't really try to even get him. Uh, the Warriors were able to swoop him up. So, yeah, I, he's unhappy. But I also don't know where he'd even go. Yeah. You know, like, what's the market for him right now? I mean, a lot of teams would obviously love to have him. But, like, what's the price? I mean, he's got a max contract. Right. And he's, he's locked into that for another, like, five years. Right. I mean, to make this trade, you're basically having to give pieces away. You'd have to re- remaking your team, honestly. Like, there are situations yeah. that work, but... Does that make sense? I think one of the ones that I think might make sense is maybe the Suns you just swap DeAndre Aiden and a couple pieces and just get Towns onto your team. Ooh, get two Kentucky really? Wildcats on the same squad and Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns and see what you can Ooh. do with that. I, I think it's a good trade. I think it's a fair trade. DeAndre Aiden and just include some pieces of Dario Saric, some of those big contracts you have on that team, those mid-level contracts, bundle it up with some picks and Get this man on the Phoenix Suns. That's an interesting Not one. That, that would make the Suns pretty good. It would make good. them really good. However, and then I would try, <laughs> if I'm Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, we regroup, you know, we huddle up and we figure out a way to get out of Phoenix and somewhere else where... You know. uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or, yeah, just get anywhere with... Because I think their grand scheme uh, is to get them two and D'Angelo Russell playing on the same team together, all three of them. Yeah. I think that I think that's their long term play. I I know that's what they've wanted to do since they got into the league. Yeah, guess who who could have had a good chance of doing that? New York before they gave away all these multi year mid level yeah. contracts away. <laughs> yeah, and talk about bad ownership. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, do you see any other situation that might work here for Carl Anthony Towns? <sighs> Gosh, it's so difficult because it's like, what team needs? just that center that you build around. Oh man. Orlando likes doing that, but they have Vucevic locked in. Yeah. <laughs> you try to swap Vucevic for Towns, Minnesota. No, wouldn't want no that. way. Mo Bamba. Uh, no. Mo Bamba, no. <laughs> I mean, Jonathan Isaac is nice, but it would take way more than just that. They don't have the pieces. Yeah, they're just, they're too average, not enough potential. Uh, Maybe. No. I can't really think of it. May Toronto? Would Toronto be able to make a play for him? I mean, if they're willing to take Sturge, a combination of Ibaka, Gasol, Anobi. Yeah. It would gut their team yeah. pretty badly. Because I know Ibaka would be a pretty big piece for I them. I just don't. He's been yeah, balling. I don't think the Timberwolves want those veteran players. They have yeah, no I don't need. Know. It'd be hard to find a place for Carl Anthony Towns. I think, yeah, the, the Phoenix Suns one makes a lot of sense. And you have here, maybe for the Hawks, like we were talking about with Drummond, uh, trading John Collins and picks for Yeah, Towns, I think in that trade... Uh, definitely improve the lineup uh, more in the short term, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think in that situation, there's no way the Hawks can get Towns without including Collins in there. But, I mean, John Collins and some picks, maybe Collins, Hunter, some first-rounders, that that might not be too bad of a package. Yeah, it wouldn't be, yeah. I, I think I think both sides would benefit from that. that that's an interesting one, too. Yeah. So that- Huh. How about that first round of all-star votes, Sean? 
We got Luca and Giannis. Oh yeah, at number one, <laughs> Bro, one I've, and I've, one. <laughs> I've been voting for my boy Luca every day. I love this man. He single handedly saved my terrible drafting in the in our fantasy league. Yeah, he is just absolutely crushing it. He deserves every single vote he gets. He's beating out his childhood idol LeBron James in All Star voting in his second year in the league. That is insane. It's crazy, man. This guy is phenomenal. Top five player in the league right now. I mean, I think deservingly so. No surprise to be leading the Western Conference. LeBron and AD right there just blowing away with the L.A. crowd. But guess who else the L.A. crowd is pushing <laughs> forward in the All-Star votes? You got Alex Caruso at number eight. Caruso. More votes than Devin Booker here. Wow. So disrespectful. Yeah. And, and then the even more disrespectful, Taco Fall at number six for the Eastern <laughs> Conference front court. Oh Again, God. we're talking about Andre Drummond having an absolute career year. I mean, this guy's led the league in rebounding, I think, two years in a row now. And he's not even in the top 10. <laughs> Taco, <laughs> Taco Fall. Fall is. I think this guy only has like 20 minutes to his name, to his career so far. That, have you seen his per 36 stats, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This man scores like 42 points every 36 minutes. And He's that's crazy. The, that right there is the ridiculousness of that stat of the per 36. I mean, you got Carmelo Anthony, number eight. Derek Rose, number four as well. These are laughable. I mean, what? You got to love the fan vote, man. You got to love the fan vote. This is what happens when you give too much power to the people. But, I mean, Taco Fall at number six, it's still not as close as um, Zaza Pachulia was in actually getting into oh the game all those two years ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was t- that was the worst one. Like, that wasn't even funny. Like, that was just sad. Like It was uh, funny at first, I think. But once you saw the reality, like... It, it was only funny to Warriors fans. <laughs> it was literally, like, only a couple hundred thousand votes. From getting <laughs> so in. ridiculous. Luck- Luckily, these votes only count for like 50% of like the reason that they'd get into the All-Star game. So even if Taco Fall ended up getting into like the top three somehow, he probably still wouldn't actually be in the All-Star game. But it is amusing. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, some of the I mean, just the fact that he's like ahead of some of some of the names he's ahead of are just <laughs> it's, it's a little, <laughs> a little ridiculous. Oh, man. Gotta yeah. love it. He's so tall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but how about the dunk contest? They're trying to revive this thing here with by bringing Dwight Howard. Not that he's like the headliner here. Yeah. You got Dwight Howard. I think Zach Levine is confirmed to be there. Zach Levine was invited. Oh, he was invited. What about Vince Carter? Is, there, yeah. is that true? Is Vince Carter going to be in this thing? <laughs> they might do it. I don't know. I haven't heard much about that, but I wouldn't be surprised. This seems like more of like a throwback dunk contest at this point since they're bringing back Dwight Howard, trying to get Zach Levine. Like, Zion's hurt, so obviously we won't be seeing him in the dunk contest. So, yeah, it might just be a bunch of old dudes out there. (laughs) This might just end up being like the big three where the names bring the hype, but then once the actual thing starts, you're like, oh, these guys aren't quite who they used to be anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go back to retirement. Yeah. I don't think that's going to affect me watching it this year. No, I think I'm probably going to end up skipping that one. Yeah, I think so too. I think I might just end up being watching the YouTube clips of anything that might, that I think might be worth watching. It's just... yeah. I feel like they just give tens away like candy these years mm-hmm. anyway. Like these last few years, it's like these dunks aren't 50s. Like they're good. They're really good. But like I feel like a 50 should be reserved for like this dunk is almost not even like replicatable. Yeah. I, you know, I think yeah. so. And I think it's a little unfortunate too because I mean, at the end of the day, if you really wanted to see amazing dunks, there's dudes that only do dunks and they throw down some pretty cool <laughs> stuff on YouTube. Um, Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's not Dwight Howard, I know. though. Bad back Dwight Howard. Let's see what this man could do. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't throw I know. it out, then that's He's it. actually having a decent yeah, season. Yeah, because we actually need the Lakers <laughs> actually need him. We uh, they actually need him. We need him healthy. We need him. We need his backup right. potential. Um, but anyways, back to the – let's go to the injury report here. We got a couple guys who are 
who are unfortunately out, but some guys coming in and Victor Odalipo set to return to action January Ooh. 29th. I mean, his my birthday. Yeah, his his status <laughs> has just kind of been a mystery all for for a while, just kind of be kept in the dark. But now we got an actual date, the 29th, a lot sooner than it seemed he would come back. I mean, from what I was seeing, it seemed like I was gonna I wasn't gonna be surprised if he didn't come back till the end of February. Yeah, I, it's really interesting too. That's such a precise date. I feel like it's more of like a day to day situation. Like when they come back, it's like, oh, like maybe you'll play next game. Oh, you don't feel ready. Okay, you'll, maybe you'll play next game. But like, you put an exact date on it, so it's like, I guess, I guess he's feeling good enough now. But he probably just wants to get in some practice and conditioning before he actually hits the floor. So that's what that tells me. So that's pretty yeah. cool. So he's coming back to a team that's twenty three and fifteen right now in the sixth seed. Being led by DeMontis Sabonis, his former OKC Sabonis. teammate. This is going to be interesting How what this does for the Indiana Pacers. I mean, does this catapult them into the third seed? Does this catapult them um, right there up into that tier one of Eastern Conference teams, you think? Like, it very well could. It's, it's interesting. I'll, the interesting thing, I think, that we talked about in the – uh, off season was that him and Malcolm Brogdon are going to have to figure out how they split up the ball handling yeah. duties. Uh, Cause right now they've been working with Jeremy lamb in the shooting guard and Jeremy lamb is more of that true shooting guard. I feel, but uh Lipo loves to hold the ball and Brogdon has shown that he can be a primary ball handler too. So I imagine Brogdon would have to slip into that two shooting guard role uh, playing more off the ball. And I think he can do that because he kind of did that in Milwaukee alongside Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it'll work really well. And I do think that this Pacers team is going to start winning a good amount of games once Odalipo gets back, uh, once he gets his actual like prime legs yeah. back. And it'll be interesting first round matchup for whoever gets this Pacer team because I think Odalipo's on his way to hopefully getting his legs back under him by the time the spring rolls mm. around. But someone who will definitely not have his legs under him is Blake Griffin. Oh. Oh. Tough Ooh. one. Tough one. But out and definitely with left <laughs> knee surgery yet again, those knees are just not holding up for Blake Griffin. A terrible year. Probably by far one of his worst years this year. I mean, he was only on the court a couple times, averaging 15 points, four rebounds, and just 18 games this year. Wow. I mean. Terrible. Yeah. It's it's crazy because like yeah even when he was playing he wasn't playing well like those numbers are terrible they weren't winning when he came back from injury mm-hmm. and now he's just out for the rest of the season and Detroit finds themselves in a position where they're losing their franchise center Andre Drummond in the midst of all of this it's like they just have to blow it up completely and now they're in the same position the Clippers found themselves in a couple of years ago when they're like, we need to get out of Blake Griffin's contract. Now Detroit needs to do the same thing or else they're, they're going to be looking at mediocrity for the next two, three years, maybe longer. Exactly. Um, depending on how this rebuild goes. Cause it's going to be hard to rebuild with his contract on the books. And if he's, especially if he's not playing, mm-hmm. you're not really selling any tickets yeah. either. Like this. Yeah. This is motor City's probably work. Like this is going to be one of their darkest yeah. hours. It's a, it's basically the worst case scenario is like you get stuck with a multiple year max contract for a dude that can't even hit the court. This is Chandler Parsons yeah. status. Well, not quite there, but it's, it's John yeah, Wall status. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, Motor City, I don't think you can get... There's no way you can trade this contract at this point. You yeah. Have, at least they have Derrick Rose, Yeah, Derrick right? Rose, you're right. Uh, Luke Kennard, <laughs> Luke Kennard, they got Luke Kennard. Oh, God. Svee Mikhailu. Yeah, all these guys the Lakers have given away don't even get me started with that. Ivaka Zubak's actually having a decent season. Svee, he's, he's not too bad. Mo Wagner's throwing down he's some not, buckets. Are you really upset that you lost Svee Mikhailu? I mean, obviously, Reggie Bullock was, yeah, like, he sucked. So, you might want to have Mikhail Luke instead, but still. Well, I mean, it's just like these were decent. They're okay players, but the point is just like they were getting paid kind of basically what they were instead of, like, overpaying dudes. And, I mean, and and I guess they're young. There's the chance for potential. I just think it's kind of upsetting how these guys were basically just given away and now they're just kind of, they're having decent years. (laughs) Yeah, well, 
I don't think the Lakers are hurting That's too true. much, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> simmer on that. What too about Rui? How we pronounce this man? Rui Hushimaru. Kushimara. Uh, <laughs> Hachi, Hachimura. Hachimura. He, he's actually been he had a great he was having a great year before this injury here. Yeah, solid rookie year for this guy, getting starter minutes with the Wizards, but now out multiple weeks with a groin injury. Really one of the bright spots for this team that but they seem to have these flash in a pan guys that come out of nowhere and have like a couple good games for them and then start just regressing back to the mean. <laughs> Uh, we saw now that he's been out, they started playing more. Or, and Bradley Beal being out too for this team. That's another name we haven't mentioned on this injury report. Bradley Beal's been out for a couple weeks now, and uh, he should come back pretty soon. But uh, Gary Payton Jr. Uh, getting some significant playing time and got like six steals, uh, two of like his three first games uh, with the team with insignificant minutes, and then he doesn't do anything. And then uh, Jordan McRae. This is random dude out of nowhere that starts putting up like over 20 points a game for a while. Now he doesn't really do anything. And yeah, they're just running through these random guys now that they just have all these injuries. And you're like, well, okay, like that guy had a good game. And then he like comes back next game and doesn't even exist. Sounds so. like the. The Wizards are just in an interesting spot yeah, right it now. Yeah, sounds like the, almost the same position the Warriors are in where they're just kind of rotating through. All these random yeah, cars. Yeah, just finding the the G the G League diamonds in the rough. Yeah, I guess. exactly. Right about Anthony Davis going down last night against the New York Knicks. Luckily, X rays came back negative, so hopefully he's not out for too much time. But that was a scary one for Anthony Davis and the Lakers. Oh man, yeah, my heart stopped. That's my number one pick right <laughs> there. And he wasn't playing very well in the game before that, but he didn't really need to because they're playing the Knicks and. Uh, I'm just I breathe a sigh of relief, man. Because I mean, as a basketball fan in general, like you know this man's injury prone, and you don't want to see him go down with an injury like this and be out for multiple weeks, maybe multiple months. Uh, but the the X-rays are negative, and he's actually traveling with the team on their road trip uh, for the end of this week, and hopefully he gets back on the floor uh, within the next few games. Yeah. So this is a name that I've kind of forgot a little bit about this year, but Kyrie Irving, he's still in the NBA. Oh, no. He, he's still in the NBA. He has just been, what a mysterious guy. Like, You're telling me Spencer Dinwiddie isn't the Nets franchise player? I am so mad. He, I, I, I knew he was going to have a resurgence, and I just was not patient enough. But Kyrie Irving is just... I mean, he was balling, but the Nets were not winning games. And then he goes out, and it seems doing okay. They're doing decently, um, but he's just like not coming back. It seems like this shoulder injury he had would seem to be just something that would he would come back from after a couple of weeks is just still lingering. Um, he's still having trouble just shooting the ball, yeah. and there's still really no solid game plan. I think until for him to come back. Right. Yeah. Like the, everything around him is very vague. It's like, oh yeah, he might come back mid January, late January, maybe never. I don't know. Like it's, it's really weird. Like I had no idea that his injury was this bad when it Mm -hmm. happened. And yeah, now I don't know. It's weird. The Nets find themselves in a weird position where they're kind of just waiting for their superstars for next year, but they're also trying to be competitive this year. It, it's really weird because like they they had a winning record for a while. Now they're on the losing end of it, but they're still in the playoff spot in the eighth seed uh, with just Spencer Dinwiddie <laughs> and Karis, Karis LeVert just came back from injury. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, like Kyrie Irving, man, like he was probably in contention to be one of the top point scorers in the league this yeah. year. <laughs> he only played a couple games and now... Yeah, it, it's weird. It's not like all the star. It seems like there's more stars this year in getting injured than normal. Because like obviously you got like guys like Clay Thompson, John Wall, Kevin Durant that have just been injured before the season started, and then like Kyrie Irving injured now, and Victor Oladipo not being there now. Blake Griffin's out. Like oh man, I feel like we're just missing Steph right. Curry. Obviously, uh, we're just missing so much star power in the league. It's it's unfortunate. And it's probably a big reason why the ratings have dropped is what we talked about last podcast. The ratings are down right, a lot. Exactly. And across the board, it just seems like the NBA is just not quite as competitive as it once was. It's, like I said, it definitely seems like we're in an arms race right now where we have a solid six or seven teams that are just all in and everybody else is just kind of lingering. Um, but, and, but yeah, I yeah. mean, all these stars are also out. Um, and especially some of the older legacy names also starting to cut, retire 
LeBron James being one of the only ones still just <laughs> hanging on. And the second wave of young stars are just like not really there yet. Like the Devin Booker's, the Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, Luka Doncic is there. That's right. Giannis is there. I feel like Trey. I feel like Trey Young is there, but his team is so bad that he'll never. He he's not going to hit the spotlight until the Hawks actually win yeah. games. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. We need some of these young guys to actually start getting on some good teams. And start making some noise. I think the NBA crowd is tired of seeing the same teams over and over, same stars. I'm not, but maybe some people are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like the, the NBA was at its peak as far as ratings-wise when the Warriors were just crushing yeah. everybody. You know? It, it's interesting. Like You just need to have yeah. stars. If you don't have stars, you're not going to get the, the interest. Yeah, and part of the problem is that we've got so many damn Pelican games with nothing to, for no reason to really <laughs> watch them. I mean, Brandon Ingram is nice. I'm glad to see... Lonzo Ball's yeah, coming I'm into his own. I'm glad to see Lonzo's coming into his own, but oh, can we get Zion on this team already, man, so we don't have to keep watching He's coming. These. He's on his way. Like, how many games have the... The Pelicans have won less than 10 games. They... Oh, no, they went on a winning streak, so now they're okay. above 10. They probably... Yeah, they're at 13 now. So they've had probably more national TV games than they ha- they've had wins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I would actually think that might be pretty close oh, to the truth. <laughs> that is absolute ridiculousness. But Zion Williams participating <laughs> on five and five drills, and he looks good. He's been he's been at shoot arounds. Uh, we've got a couple glimpses of him on camera in the couple the, warming up for a couple games. So looks like he's on his way back. See what this guy can do. Please, please come back sometime this month. That's all yeah. we want. I mean, just Pelican games need to be interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just need we need some energy out there. We need we need a reason to watch the Pelicans. Get clobbered by the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is that on TV? It's so depressing. Yeah. So many blowouts have happened on national TV. It's really sad. Yeah. Uh, anyways, let's go to the rising teams. Though. Let's, let's go to some people. Some let's people were it. actually doing good. Utah Jazz, seven game winning streak, 12 of the last 13. Guess what? This team Oof. has not lost since making that trade for Jordan Clarkson. In fact, Jordan Clarkson has not been part of the losing side since December 16th. So almost a team because this man was on a winning streak while on the Cavs and he got traded in the middle of or not. at He got traded at the start of the Utah Jazz's current winning streak. So Jordan Clarkson is right now the winning pedigree for the Utah Jazz in a way. But he has had himself a couple good good wins. But Utah Jazz uh just clobbering some Eastern Conference teams and getting one good win against the uh, LA Clippers. I think the most amazing part of that whole thing was that Clarkson was on the Cavs when they were in a winning streak. <laughs> right. They had one. I didn't know that the Cavs had a winning streak. I mean, it was this like year. four games, three or four <laughs> games or something like that. Wow. No, that's impressive, honestly. Yeah. I probably kept him in playoff contention for another few weeks. <laughs> yeah. And then Jordan Clarkson, he saw where, where that boat was headed. He abandoned ship quick and just jumped on another winning boat. I... He's actually playing really well with them. I, I give him credit. His January has been solid. I think he's averaging about 46, 47% from oh, three. Yeah. In the month of January. That's pretty good. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think... I think Utah needed a guy like him really more than anything. It's a solid dude who can create his own shot and isn't afraid to just go just to score the ball. But anyways, OKC winning eight of their last ten all on the back of Dennis Schroeder and Chris Paul and Steven Adams. <laughs> Currently twenty one and sixteen. Yeah, this team is just rolling like seventh in the West. I mean, as soon as I saw them go over five hundred, I was like, ah, oh, no, that's that's not gonna happen. Not only that, <laughs> but they've exceeded that. I mean, they've, they're holding on solidly, solidly to that seventh seed. They're, they've got, what, like a four-game lead on the eight-seed Spurs right now. They're a couple games behind yeah. Dallas, mm-hmm. but still, like, the fact that they're there, I thought this was going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Did we underestimate how good Chris Paul is at basketball yeah. still? Oh, I did. I think, or like, I mean, he didn't give us any reason not to, though, because his last year with Houston was pretty abysmal. Yeah. We thought he could, he had regressed 
to the point where he was nothing more than a role player at this point in his career. And then now he comes back and now he's leading this team back into the playoffs. That was not, that was supposed to be taking for the next three, four years. And now they're they're there. They did the Clippers rebuild. They, they're, they're still competitive. Um, Just, I feel like they're just as good as the Clippers were last year. As far as record goes, as far as like their, how, how good their team fights. Um, They have a little bit of that Clippers, uh, DNA with Shea Gilgis and Danilo Gallinari mm-hmm. there. So I'm sure that helps a little bit too. They're used to being the underdog, used to being on a scrappy yeah. team. And Chris Paul, man, I, I watched, he looks like vintage <laughs> Chris Paul. Like he looks like he's back in his prime because, like, man, he could just make that elbow jumper forever. Yeah. That he just, he does quick couple dribbles just pulls up super fast sinks it every time it's it's automatic yeah that's his go-to shot and he still gets that lift off the ground as well when he goes into that shot and i was also going to mention okc in a way is kind of built like the clippers they got Gallinari, they got um chill gilgis they got steven <laughs> adams yep. they got the poor man's lou williams and dennis schroeder <laughs> yeah right all they're missing is a monster yeah, exactly Harrell. but i mean I, I mean, you got guys like Norlands Noel, not quite Montrez Harrell, but he's he's, no, he's been yeah, decent. No. <laughs> Gallinari's been good. Chris Paul, but yeah, I'd say Stephen Adams is an upgrade over um, Vijay yeah, Zubac for exactly. sure. Exactly. Um, the thing about Chris Paul is, I underestimated in 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 the in the way that I didn't even think he was actually going to be on the floor as much as he has been. I mean, I I thought he yeah. was going to you know at this point I have already missed like twenty games. Or 15 games. <laughs> yeah, but, for real. He's been there every no, game. he's on the court. Yeah, he's on the court. He's producing, yeah. and he's got this OKC team in a great spot. And, I mean, how funny would it be if they actually end up playing the Houston Rockets in the first round? Yeah, or they play the Clippers. Oh, that would be interesting. As Paul George having to go back to OKC and, the, and the, all the Clippers guys going. Or, yeah, if they play Houston, too, like you said, like, Going up against Russell yeah, Westbrook. Chris, I mean, not, not it's not so much like on the Russell Westbrook side of things, but more like the Chris Paul. Yeah, the that, Chris Paul side, like Chris sure. Paul yeah. just like, Both sides, yeah. honestly. Like, that'd be so entertaining. But just sinks the dagger and just upsets okay, <laughs> uh, uh, the Rockets. I could see it happening. Oh, man. I could see it happening. <laughs> you think that you, you think OKC could beat the Rockets in a seven-game series? I mean, it would be, it, it would, they would have to have a lot of things go their way. Like, Houston just goes absolutely dry from three, and they have maybe an injury here and there to Capella or something. The best part about this is that it's not – it's actually very likely to actually happen. Yeah. Like, right now, it's set up if, like, to, yeah. to happen. Yeah, Houston. If Houston just uh, jumps Denver, who's only a half game ahead of them, then you got two versus seven. Houston versus OKC. Let's do it. <laughs> See what happens. But another another team we gotta give a shout out to is the Memphis Grizzlies. Four of the last five tied for ninth in the West. They lost John Moran for I think like half of December. But since he's come back, he's helped this team just just really just knock down some teams on their way to the ninth seed in the West. And they're right there with, uh, with the San Antonio Spurs to potentially take the eighth seed. I mean, a couple more games go their way and they might be a legitimate uh, threat to, for that eighth and seven, maybe not the seventh seed, but at least the eighth seed. This is actually insane. <laughs> the fact that they're actually close to 500 at this point in the season is baffling yeah. to me. Because, like, of all the teams that I thought had a chance at the playoffs this year, Memphis was the only one I gave a 0% <laughs> chance to make the playoffs. Because, like, I mean, look, in the offseason, you're like, okay, yeah, Zion maybe could do it. Minnesota could maybe do it. Sacramento almost did it last year, so sure. This is the only team I didn't think had a single chance at the playoffs, and here they find themselves only one game behind the Spurs for the eighth seed. Granted, obviously, it's halfway through the season, but... It's also halfway through the season, and they're still in the running. And it's crazy. John Morant is playing well, but you never really thought that this would lead to, like, this many wins, you know? Like, they're just playing really good team basketball. And the win against the Clippers was the most emphatic of this this winning streak, obviously. 140. 140 points. 140 (laughs) points. My dad was at that game, and I texted him. I was like, I'm sorry you have to watch this, like, live. This is embarrassing if you're the Clippers. I mean, not as embarrassing now that we notice the Grizzlies are actually, like, a decent team. Credit to the coaching staff, man, for getting this team to be scrappy and fight hard and win games. 
they just blew out the Clippers, man. It, on in Staples yeah. Center, in Staples Center, they destroyed them. Jay Crowder was having the game of his life. <laughs> I mean, blow it or not, just the fact that they got to 140 points is unbelievable for a team that's not anywhere close to being a top 10 offensive team. And the Clippers are a top 10 defensive team, and they, you know, serious title contenders. Like that shouldn't happen to you <laughs> unless you have serious injuries yeah. on the others on your side. Like, and even then it's come on, you got to pull it together. But the Clippers were there. They were they All the pieces were there. Right. Yeah. Except for like, I think maybe Paul George missed a game, but yeah. still like, <laughs> yeah, you got Lou. You, it does. It shouldn't yeah. matter. <laughs> I mean, I think, and this is a team. I think when you look at their rotation, it's like they only got two guys that are probably over twenty-four in Jonas Valanciunas and Jay Crowder. Everybody else is like, right? You know, old enough to to not even be able to go into a bar. Like, and Brandon Clark, <laughs> uh, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., who Tyus Jones, right. all these young dudes who are in this rotation that are legitimately part of this rotation are just young bloods just going out there and just. Um, giving some teams some hard times, man. Out of all the teams, all of all the young teams, like the Phoenix Suns, the Pelicans, the Hawks, the Bulls, how are how are the Grizzlies the best team out of all of those right now? They just have been. <laughs> how did that happen? Yeah. And they've they've got themselves quite a difficult month. Looking at well, actually, not necessarily. They actually got themselves a pretty decent month. Looking ahead with games against the Warriors, oh, Cavs. Snap. Pelicans, Pistons, and Suns. Like, they, this could very well be yeah, a very bad. winning January for them. Yeah, only hard games. Well, yeah, there's a few hard ones sprinkled in there. Houston, uh, Boston, Denver. But other than that, yeah, they, they, they're all very winnable games. They could find themselves even closer to 500 yeah. somehow. So at this point, <laughs> I think it's good to, I think it's worthy of asking what's more likely here that we see a Memphis Grizzly sneak into the eight seed or a Portland Trailblazers pull it together and get themselves into that eight seed. Oh, I can't, I can't in my right mind pick <laughs> Memphis. It's got to be Portland. It's got to be. It just can't. Right? I don't know. Right? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> right? I Portland know, is man. so beat it's up. Be They're Portland. so beat up, and they it's haven't shown be. any. I mean, their light at the or like their silver lining is the return of Nurkic at some point. But at even then, point. it might even it might be too late. <sighs> oh man, no! Way. I'm gonna go with Memphis here. I, I gotta watch me. I gotta watch me for some more Grizzlies, man. Like. This team is for real. Like I gotta be witness to to its birth. <laughs> yeah, you got that league pass. You gotta tune into the Memphis. I haven't. Wa- I used to uh, yeah, watch a I lot. Know. I usually just I just skip that man. I don't even <laughs> click on the Memphis games. I'm like, oh, like other teams are playing. <laughs> Why would I watch? Yeah, Memphis? I used to watch a lot of Memphis, no, but I, I haven't won't. this year, and I'm beating myself. Well, up. I mean, yeah, back when there was grit and gr- I mean, yeah, you, you're you're um, Memphis grit and grind era yeah. fan. So uh, that's understandable. Yeah, so let's see what happens. But let's go to the sinking teams. Let's go through these quickly here. We got the Brooklyn Nets seven game losing streak. Barely hanging on. <sighs> Dinwiddie just well you tell tell us about this man's fun shot. Yeah, I mean Dinwiddie he puts up a lot of shots because who <laughs> else is gonna do it for the Nets? And if they're not going in, this team's not going to win. So he's in quite a shooting slump right now. Only shooting 38% from the field, 20% from three-point range. It is bad for him uh, over these last four games. And Caris LeVert coming back in the lineup doesn't seem to have even helped. Yeah. Uh, they've lost every game. He's been back for about three, four games now and not, nothing really. So this team's just in a big slump right now. They're not really finding the scoring that they need to uh, to win these games. And I don't want to say it was a flash in the pan at all for them to have won the games that they did and ended up with a 16-13 record at one point and were firmly in the seventh seed. But And the Orlando Magic now have even <laughs> surpassed them. And they, they're only playing like middling average basketball. Yeah, they lost their best so player in Jonathan Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that just tells you Brooklyn's just slid. And, I mean, they're they still have a pretty good lead over the Hornets for the eight seed, and I don't see any world where Brooklyn doesn't hang on to one of these playoff spots because all these other East teams are just so sad. But they're gonna end up just facing the Bucks in the first round and getting bounced yeah. at this rate. Total sweep. Unless Kyrie can come back soon, and like they, I think. 
Dinwiddie, he's a great player, but I don't think he is good enough to sustain a team for a whole no. season. Like they need they need Kyrie's firepower now, and yeah, it, it kind of hurts me to admit it because we were talking about before how Kyrie was actually they had a losing record with Kyrie, but then they had a winning record where Dinwiddie was the guy. So maybe Dinwiddie should be the star. But I think the sample size is <laughs> yeah, large enough now. They they need <laughs> they they need the points. They need the points. Yeah, for sure. and Kyrie Levert, I guess, is like their little. Um, their little hope pendant coming back, but see what he does. How about the Phoenix Suns losing 11 of the last 14s? DeAndre Aiden's return was supposed to be uh, sort of that silver lining, but since his return, the Phoenix Suns have still not really been able to figure it out. And Sean, we 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 that was even a, a line for us in the podcast where it was like, "Are the Phoenix Suns the real deal?" And I think we both said it looks like it it might just we be. We both did, yeah. <laughs> we both fell for what, what maybe the biggest bluff. How do we keep falling for this stuff, man? I don't know how this keeps happening yeah, to us. But now they're 13 seed, 14 and 23. Uh, lost three of the last seven, <sighs> or three for seven over the last ten. DeAndre Aiden is back. This team's roster is back to full strength, and nothing really has seemed to be clicking for them the last two couple of weeks. Yeah, I think the big thing for them is their their defense is atrocious. <laughs> they they have given up over a hundred points in every game since November twenty third. That was the last time they gave up less than a hundred points. So they're they're not stopping anybody, yeah. and. I thought that the coaching there was doing very well to start the season, but ever since that first month, you've just seen nothing but a huge drop-off with this team. and It's really sad to see. I, th- I thought Monty Williams was the yeah. answer. I, re- I thought that he was I, he had actually turned the franchise around, but I guess you just really can't get around bad ownership. <laughs> it's just Some not possible. Some might just be a little too good to be true, I guess. I mean, there have been calls to experiment I mean fans have been calling to start Aaron Baines at center and DeAndre Aiden at the four I I, I don't Yikes, know if there's really, really much <laughs> basketball merit to that opinion yeah if you want to get 130 points scored on you every night do yeah that. and I mean I think I think it just I think you just need to shake things up at this point for the Phoenix Suns for the sake of Devin Booker for the sake of the future of this franchise I think DeAndre Aiden's a great piece but if I had to choose between Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden's uh, satisfaction or like happiness, I think I'd take Devin Booker's. See if you yeah. see if you can go get Carl Anthony Towns. See if you can make that package work. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny that both John Collins and DeAndre Aiden come back from these twenty-five game suspensions to their terrible teams, and you think that they'd like move the needle for them and neither of them has done that so exactly. far <laughs> and it's not like these guys are injured and they're trying to get it back into the swing of things and i guess there right. is a part of <laughs> argument to be made there but in reality these guys are in shape or at least i would think so you'd think so they're they're playing the starter minutes it's not like they got i mean aiden i think had to play on the bench for a little bit but now he's in the starting lineup and he's still right and i think and along the notes of returns here let's go to the kings which is another sad one again yeah. the kings were I mean, they weren't quite the Phoenix Suns, but they were performing pretty well. <laughs> and since the return of, of De'Aaron Fox, they have just lost 9 of 12, 15 Oof. and 23 right now in the 11th seed. Just a bunch of stinkers here. And there's <laughs> calls to trade you Bodon Bogdanovic and maybe fire Luke Walton. But again, a team that's just completely fallen apart since the turn of the month, since December really here, December and, and the turn of the month, January. Yeah, it's been kind of a roller coaster for this Kings team, though. They started the year, what, like 0 5, 0 6, and then they actually started climbing back towards 500, and they almost they made it there, kind of, but then now they suck again. It, it's, yeah, so maybe, maybe they have another run in them to get back to 500. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like they should since all their pieces are there now, healthy, but yeah, we're, we're still, we're, we're still waiting on them to reach their potential, which. Sorry, Alan. I don't think Buddy yeah. Heels making the All Star game I this year. This was, he was having an amazing year, or it looked like he was on his way to having an amazing year. But I mean, to their defense, they still haven't got. They got Marvin Bagley for a couple games, and now he's back out again. Yeah, true. He he hasn't been so, there, so I, that's still even like that, yeah. Every team deals with injury, right. you know, and it, he's not like a superstar, mm-hmm. so you shouldn't be missing him that badly. Yeah. 
Rashawn Holmes, though. Rashawn Holmes has been balling for this Rashawn Holmes. Dwayne, Dwayne Denman. Denman. yeah. <laughs> How about let's go to best performance of the week. We got some special ones here, I think. Michael Porter Jr., 23 mm, minutes, yeah. 11 for 12, 23 points and five rebounds in his win over the Pacers. I mean, he hasn't really followed it up with anything similar, but still, the man got himself on the board, though. There's not a singular performance so far this year that has happened that has hyped up the NBA community more than this yeah. game. Can do you did you see how much content was put out by all all the major sports sites on Reddit? Everyone was talking about how Michael Porter Jr. has arrived <laughs> after this game. They they were playing those those three highlights, the dunk, the the crazy acrobatic layup, and the step back three on repeat for hours. They could not get enough of this guy. And he hasn't really done anything since, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely like, you know, no, I don't want to say it's an anomaly, but I think it was a great night for him, but I think he still has got a long way to go if he wants to if he wants to do this consistently night in and night out. I mean, yeah, and I'll say the potential yeah, is there. The potential sure. is there. I mean, we we got to be real here. Like this man only played a couple college games and then has missed out like an entire year and a half of basketball and now he's on a winning team playing against NBA players, it's gonna take some time, right? Yeah, I will be. I don't think he's gonna really blossom at all this year, but I will be interested to see if next year, when Paul Millsap's contract is up, if they just slide him into that starting power forward role, and then he actually starts to be able to get the opportunity that he needs to become a star in yeah, the league. Yeah, that would be interesting. But he's also got a. He's also got this teammate right next to him, Dakota Jokic, who's <laughs> finally been. Kicking off some of that baby fat, that summer fat. I'm not sure what was wrong with him, but 47 points, eight rebounds, five assists with zero turnovers and a win against the Hawks. And I mean, this is one of the bigger ones, but he's been consistently back there to 22 points, seven assists, uh, eight rebounds a night. I think we're getting Nikola Jokic back right now. Yeah, it's really cool to see. I mean, he just... He got anything he wanted in this Atlanta game. I was able to watch some of the fourth quarter and it's like, Alex Len, like, why are you even <laughs> out there? Like, <laughs> this is embarrassing. Like, he's just getting put back uh, layups every time. He's just going up with the hook shot right three feet from the Loram. It's it, He was unstoppable, man. Like, he's, he's back to his old self, which I'm sure you're super yes, excited about. I told you, my fantasy team is a second half te- second half of the year team, <laughs> and we're just right now entering the big times. So how about Lonzo Ball making Kendrick Perkins eat his words and apologize to him via Twitter <laughs> for calling him a bust because Lonzo Ball has had himself Dang. a string of good performances, and this one was his best. 33 minutes, 24 points, 6 rebounds, 10 assists, 2 steals, and the win against the Kings going up against his former college rival, De'Aaron Fox, and getting the better of him in that matchup. But Lonzo Ball, man, you think it's just a, yeah. just a little lucky streak, or is he the real deal here? Like Lonzo's always had this type of potential to like stuff the stat sheet and have good games. Can he sustain 30-plus minutes a game? That's the for an extended period of time. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, you can start him and he'll produce for you, but then he might be out for a couple Mm -hmm. weeks or maybe a month or maybe this season. So if he can hold this for at least another month, that would be really cool. But yeah, I just, it's really hard for me to believe that he's going to stay healthy. It's kind of like the Chris Paul thing where it's like, how long can this man truly keep playing at the level he's playing at and playing the minutes he is? Which is funny because we're talking about a 21-year-old versus a 30 versus an ancient right. man. But, like, yeah, I, I really just hope he can keep it together because this is Lonzo Ball everyone likes to watch. This is why the Lakers drafted him number two. This is why everyone bought his jersey before he even played an <laughs> NBA game. Right. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I'm rooting for the guy, but that's the big one. Like, can he stay healthy? And Dante Exum, another guy who's consistently injured, had himself quite the night the night he got... The first game after he got traded from Utah to the Cavaliers, 28 points, 85% shooting from the field <laughs> as a as well wow. as a perfect four for four from three. Hit those back-to-back three-pointers to get the Cavs back from, I think they were down 20 points against the Pacers. And he got them right back into that game. Of course, they ended up losing that game. <laughs> but still, what a hell of a performance for this guy. More points than actual minutes yeah. played. 
Must be playing with a little chip on his shoulder, though, with being traded from Utah for Jordan Clarkson. He probably thinks he's a little better than that. But uh, hopefully he he does play with that chip on his shoulder this year. This is a man that got drafted number five overall, Mm -hmm. never lived up to his potential, got injured a lot. So, I mean, he can get significant playing time in Cleveland and hopefully make something yeah, of it. Yeah, I think so. so. Let's go to worst performances to close off the podcast. We got Paul Millsap, 24 minutes, 0 for 3, 2 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, and 4 fouls in the win over the Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should put Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. in now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anthony Davis, 28 points, 2 for 8 field goals, 5.6 rebounds, 5 assists. And what did you say, Sean, that adds more to this bad performance see he hurt his tailbone <laughs> he got why would you do yeah, that you go and put this abysmal performance and then you go and hurt it's yourself the Knicks. it's the Knicks. don't go up for the block just stay on the ground yeah. <laughs> you don't need to do anything you won by 30 points you didn't even play the fourth quarter like don't risk your body against the new york Knicks. yeah man. Exactly. Terrible, terrible. So one more point just to close it off. So, Sean, we talked about Alonzo Ball. We talked about Dante X. And both guys have only played 60% of the possible games they could have played in the last couple mm. years in the first part of their careers. Both of them have had solid weeks. Who do you think right now is due for – who's more likely to be due for a breakout to close this year, Alonzo Ball or Dante Exum? I just have to say Lonzo Ball because – I don't think Dante Exum, I don't know how like anything about him, but just the feel, the NBA feel you get is like, he's just kind of irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like, he, he is a flash in the pan, but Lonzo Ball's been playing really well for a stretch of games. Yeah. So unless Dante Exum can play well for a stretch of games, like you can't even really include it. It's like, you might as well put Jordan McRae <laughs> up there. Like with Dante Exum, it's like Jordan McRae put up 35 points in a game. You don't see us talking about That's him. True. Okay. Except yeah. I just did. But. <laughs> I think I'm going to agree with you here on Lonzo. Lonzo also has the return of Zion, who arguably makes his game a lot better. Lonzo's totally that dude that yeah. needs that running mate. Whereas Dante's definitely that score, trying to be that score first type point guard. Um, so I'm going with Lonzo in this case, but I, I keep my eye on see if Dante Exum actually can build off that performance as the year goes on. Yeah. Um, Really pumped for that Lonzo Zion connection, man. I just, I got to see it in live action. I think it's coming. It's on its way. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in and catch us next week with another podcast episode, the Second Stringers NBA podcast. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everybody.